my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 104, the Chain Lightning episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Good Night Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Mike and Josh Paul. He's still over there in Gay Paris, so uh, he won't be back until uh, maybe next week. I don't know. He gets back on... Monday, so he may or may not record that week. We'll see if he's adjusted to the to the time change, but we'll uh, we'll find out then. But guys, let's just get right into things. Instead of asking you guys how you're doing, I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week, their Everest of the fifty second fraction of the year has been. I don't know, Josh. What's the best thing that happened to you this week? You got me more excited than you usually do. I got to give you credit. That was, uh, I felt like I was going to really climb up a Himalayan mountain there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably the Final Fantasy 16 demo. That shit was fucking cool. Uh, I'll talk about it more in the water cooler, but my God, what a gaming experience that was for just like two hours. Yeah, just like a very cool, just a, basically the best possible way you can do a demo for a long story-based RPG. Yeah, in, insane. Yeah, just really. I, and you know, what's funny is they were talking about how prior to the demo coming out, Square Enix was really unhappy with pre-order numbers. They were worried about it. I think that definitely changed once the demo came out. I pre-ordered <laughs> it literally immediately after. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, just boom. For sure. Mike, my friend, what was the peak of your week? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened this week. Yeah, there's Father's Day and some games came out, but really the peak <laughs> of my week has to be that we're one week closer to Starfield. Oh, that's true. You're deli- you're delivering on your promise from last week's peak of the week, mm-hmm. which was that Starfield is going to be your peak every <laughs> every week until it comes out, and then yeah. maybe even after it comes out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I can't yeah. fault you for that. <laughs> my peak. <laughs> Was that I had a great Father's Day. Mike sort of mentioned it. Uh, not as a son. Or, so, Jesus. I messed up my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fuck it. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> as a son, not as a father. <laughs> Guys, I have something to tell you. Anyway, my parents came over to our new house for the first time. My dad and I, we grilled out burgers. It was just, it was really nice. It was really nice. It was nice. I am a son. All right, let's move on to Show Me Your Trends. <laughs> In Show Me Your Trends, I give our panelists wait, wait, to be, wait, wait, wait. yeah. Does, does being a son change when you become a dad? Are you no longer a son? I don't even, I'm not even sure what familial terms mean anymore right now. I'm very confused <laughs> in my head. Like between reality and my joke that was botched, I'm, I'm just confused and we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> and show me your trends. I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get mm. the pierced answers possible. 
I left you thinking about it there for a second. Mm. We're going to play three quick rounds. Okay, round one. Is Spider-Man blank? Is Spider-Man real? Is Spider-Man Marvel or DC? Or is Spider-Man American? He's fucking Italian. (laughs) (laughs) These are all so offensively bad. But I'm going to go with Marvel or DC because I feel like normies are like, I know what the Spider-Man is, and they're going to go with Marvel or DC. I feel like the amount of times where I Google something and it comes up like something dumb, like is Spider-Man Marvel versus DC? Like if you if you Google like any superhero, it's is this Marvel or DC? Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm joining Josh. All right. The answer is, is Spider-Man real? Is he real? Josh, would you like to answer that? Uh, in fact, he is. I am Spider-Man. Oh, my God. I revealed here live on air. <laughs> wow. This is a special episode. <laughs> All right. Round two. When is it okay to blank? <laughs> <laughs> when is it okay to scratch a tattoo? When is it okay to ghost someone? <laughs> or when it... <laughs> When is it okay to wear white pants? Who's out here getting offended? Like, oh, look at Jeff. He's got those white fucking pants on again. <laughs> well, is it after Labor Day or before? It matters. That's true. Is it a summer color or not? That's just fair. It's getting jury out. Who wants the white pants? Yeah. Black, dark pants. What is he wearing on top? Is it also white? Damn. My man is <laughs> shining like a fucking star. He's monochromatic. Oh, fuck, I'm so hung up on the white pants. What were the other options? The other <laughs> options are scratch a tattoo, ghost someone, or wear white pants. Damn, scratch a tattoo is the most practical, and tattoos are more popular, so I feel like it's scratch a tattoo. I'm just going to go with it, but I feel like it could be the other one. I'm still, I'm still trying to get over it. Tattoos are more popular than, than texting. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact, there are more tattoos in the wild than there are text messages sent every day. This is a fact, Jack. I'm going to go with ghosting because I feel like people are just like Googling to make themselves feel less guilty. <laughs> I can see it. All right. I'm trying to kill a fucking moth here. Not that sad. <laughs> F's in the chat. <laughs> okay. The answer is, when is it okay to wear white pants? What? Who is... All right, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. What information answer? I have? I need to know. Um, anytime you're not eating spaghetti. Damn. <laughs> M&M and shambles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, the final round. How do we know blank? How do we know dinosaurs existed? How do we know how old the Earth is? Or how do we know if the voices aren't being kind? What? What the fuck? (laughs) What dark, disparaged land did we just step into? What the fuck? I'm going to go with that one just on that. Fuck it. Let's see where the road takes us. (sighs) There's no rhyme or reason to this. There's a book that tells you how old the earth is. Pretty famous. It's called the Bible. 
<laughs> Checkmate atheists. <laughs> nah, I'm going to go with Earth. Earth age. All right. The answer is how do we know how old the Earth is? How hey, old the Earth is? Can't trust what you read. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people don't have voices. Yeah. Crazy. I made that one up. I made that one up. <laughs> so you, you can rest a little bit more easily now. I don't know that we can. There isn't a mass of people asking about the voices in their head. So mm. No, there's just Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was actually, it, that wasn't incognito mode. That was just a previous search of mine, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This will be good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the video game draft. So for the time being, we're going to continue experimenting with different segments that can rotate in for the big question. And this week, we're going to try out the video game draft. So in the video game draft, the panelists and I play a fantasy draft in which we make selections of items from a specific topic. If you're familiar with fantasy sports drafts or movie drafts or similar, then you already generally know the rules. But if you don't, here they are. One by one, we're going to take turns making our top selections for a given topic and a given amount of rounds. But once someone has made a selection, that specific item is now taken off the board and cannot be selected by another panelist. At the end, we're going to review everyone's picks and decide who we think wins. Whether we come to a consensus or not really doesn't matter. And while making selections, the panelists can, of course, provide details about their picks if they so choose. All right, so the topic today, fairly broad, is video game consoles, and that's going to include handhelds. Now, we're going to play five rounds, so we're each going to have five picks, so that'll be a total of 15 picks. Quick maths. So in order to decide the draft, I am thinking of a number between 1 and 10. If Either of you are within two digits of that number. You'll pick first, and then whoever, if the other person is, I don't know, we'll, we'll decide second and third place after that. And then we'll do, so we're going to do snake draft format. So whoever picks first is going to then pick uh, sixth. So it goes, say it goes Mike, Josh, then me, then I would also, then I'd be picking fourth. Okay, so... Mike, number between 1 and 10, what do you think it is? 3. All right, Josh, what do you think? 7. It was 7, so you're going to pick first, and because you got it exactly, we'll say Mike goes second and I lost because you got it exactly, so I'll go third. That works. So, Josh, you're on the clock for your first overall pick in the video game console draft. And I'm going to have our uh, picks written down here. We're, we're just jumping right out the gate, and we're going with Xbox 360. Oh, wow. Time-honored tradition, a classic. It's really where the birth of live uh, gaming kind of... Where it really found its feet and took off and became like the most mainstream thing ever. Uh, just so many fond memories of the 360, and I feel like other people will probably feel the same way. It's just a... Uh, it's it's uh, it's the reason Xbox is is as big as it is, I think, or at least you could put a lot of credit to its name in it being so big as it is. Yeah, I would say the Xbox was a really good first console, but the Xbox 360 sort of 
brought them to a new stratosphere. Absolutely. Very good pick. So that was the first overall pick in the 2023 Game Group's video game console draft. This scratches my video game sports-loving ass <laughs> in the just most right way, by the way. I Very love good. this shit. Okay, so Mike, you're up next. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the way that I'm drafting this is like, you know, what games are available on each console, right? And we yeah. got to get the consoles with the best games. So with my first pick, we're going with the Sega Genesis. Wow. It's obvious. Wow. Strong choice. So that is a, that is a bold decision for your, <laughs> for your first pick. <laughs> okay, so before I make my pick here, I have a question to you guys. And I think I know what you're going to say, but well, I'm going to ask anyway. Does PC count as a console no. in this case? Okay, so I won't be picking PC. So I think it's pretty obvious what I'm going with first. It's PlayStation 4. I think it has maybe the best catalog of games of any console, not including backwards compati- compatibility for, for anything, but just the, the greatest single console catalog. So yeah, it's PS4 for my first overall selection. And since we're going Snake Draft, I'm going next as well. And let me look here. I'm, I'm looking at the consoles. We're getting into already into a situation where you can pick from so many different consoles and still have a pretty good selection. And I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go with Game Boy Advance. I think that Game Boy Advance, one, you can you can play Game Boy games on there. You can play Game Boy Color games. So it's backwards compatible in, in that sense. But also, Game Boy Advance had the best, arguably, the best versions of a lot of SNES games. And I don't know, it was, it was a fairly <laughs> advanced handheld console for its time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going Game Boy Advance for pick two. Mike, you're up. Getting nervous there. Um, my second pick is the Dreamcast, duh. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, my God. You got I, I I don't really need to explain anymore. It's you gotta get the best games and clearly Yeah. There's some exclusive shit going on. Yeah. So this is a this is a sonic machine. <laughs> Josh, your second pick. Um I can't I I kind of based the last one off a little bit of nostalgia, but I think this one's just going to be all practicality. Uh, we're going to go with the Switch. Oh, nice. I, I mean, it's the one Nintendo console since the other one I would be tempted to pick, um, the SNES. It's just the first one in a long time that got my attention, and it sh- shit's fun on it. It, it's, it runs like a fucking phone, but my God, the games are fun. <laughs> so, hey, I, I, think it's fi- I think it's fitting. I, I remember seeing the damn commercials for the... Uh, switch come out and just like seeing people just like set it up wherever i was like that's crazy how the fuck are people doing that shit yeah i think that's i mean that's obviously a really good pick the switch is the switch is a weird console i mean we've talked about the switch a lot on this show but it's it's one of those where like it's so revolutionary in what it does but at the same time it lags behind so much as well it's like this weird console where it's so forward thinking but also so backwards it, it, it it's it's a strange situation but i think for the most part overall it does more well than it does poorly 
Okay, so I'm up now for my third pick. What? What? How are you up? Because you just picked your Dreamcast. I've had two picks. Wait, right? what is happening? Oh, Josh. Josh has Josh his goes third pick. again. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I go third I'm, pick. Okay, yeah. Josh. <laughs> I was like, I think that's how it works, but I, I couldn't say for certain. Uh, shit. This one's this one's this is where it gets a little tougher. I'm I'm a little bit hung up on a few, but I think I'll probably go PlayStation Two. It's oh. kind of hard to avoid. I mean, it's got a lot of big games on it. It was where I uh, it was where I really got into video gaming. Um, and figured out kind of my single player tendencies and the shooters I was gonna like. It's uh, I mean, come on, I, I played like a thousand different NCAA football games on it. How can it not be the best? Yeah, I mean, it's the Best-selling console. It has maybe the largest catalog. I mean, so many games. There were still games being released on that into the 2010s. I mean, PlayStation 2 is absolutely a steal <laughs> this far into the console draft here. All right, so Mike, it's it's you now, right? So PlayStation 2 was on the list because there is a certain fine wine type of game that it can it can offer called Sonic Heroes. Oh Jesus. It's there. But that's fine. Other 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 consoles can play it. What we really need to do is really lock in one of the best Sonic games of all time, Sonic R. So we're going Sega Saturn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's cursed. That's the most cursed pick yet. I fucking love <laughs> Sonic R. You leave that game alone. <laughs> I know you and Fabian both. It's great. Are you kidding? All right. So now I'm picking again. And I I don't feel great about this next pick. I think we're starting to get into, I mean, <laughs> minus Mike's picks. I think we're starting to get into <laughs> a situation where you're, you're kind of moving into a new tier, new tier of consoles. Although I don't think that's fair because I think Xbox One is a great console. My problem is I already have PS4. And so if ha- having PS4 already, I, I don't really want to pick Xbox One. Although Xbox One did, it meant a lot to me. But what I'm going to go with is I think GameCube. I think I'm going Nintendo GameCube here with my third pick. And then, so I pick again. And now it's getting really tough. All right, I'm looking at the list here. I think I have to go original Xbox because original Xbox was, it came at a time when I was, that was like the first time I got into competitive multiplayer stuff on console with Halo and Halo 2 specifically, but there was a lot of great stuff on Xbox, like Need for Speed Underground. And I mean, there was a lot of really good shit. On Xbox, so I think I'm making that my fourth pick. Solid choice, so strong. Back to you, Mike. All right, we got we got some more exclusivity with our Sonic game titles, so we're gonna go with the Wii because the Wii has Sonic in the Secret Rings, Sonic in the Black Knight. Both are banger soundtracks, so gotta lock it in. Very nice. Very that's also nice. just an actual good choice, though. Yeah, that's that's. That's a legitimate it's, decision. It's a, it's a, it's a every. I, I had there were people that had so many goddamn Wii's. I saw people using those fucking things as doorstops. <laughs> yeah. There were just so many of them. I mean, yeah. If grandma had had a Wii, yeah, you knew they were uh, they were they were out there in 
full force. Josh, your final two picks here. Jesus, this is this is the rough and tough, the root and toot in Southwest. I think we're gonna stick modern. We're gonna hold on to the PS5. I've already mm. really, really. I didn't regret my Series S purchase. I gl- I'm glad I have it. I'm gonna play Starfield on it. I'm gonna have a good time. It's wonderful to have. I feel fantastic about getting the PS5. Like whatever the opposite of buyer's remorse is, I have that with the PlayStation 5. I think it's been one of the most worthwhile console purchases I made next to when I got the PS4 in 2013 or whenever it released. It's just been a pleasure to play it so far, and I think it's got a lot of potential. And then, oh, last, this is the hard part, but I th- mm, I've been so PlayStation heavy and not really super heavy on the retro side of things, so I'm going to do Super Nintendo. Just nice. a lot of classics. Uh, it can't really be beat if you need, if you know... If you look at my, if you look to my team of uh, drafts, if you need a little bit of retro, just hit up the hit up the Super Nintendo, play a little bit of uh, Super Mario World, a little Donkey Kong Country too. I uh, have a blast. All right, very nice. I like your roster, Mike. Your final pick. Yeah, Matt. You mentioned earlier that we need a uh, portable console, and I, I tend to agree. I mean, you gotta have Sonic on the go, so I'm going yeah. with the Sega Game Gear. Easy wow. choice. Holy shit. Wow. That's not even on my list that I'm looking at right now <laughs> to go off of. But I mean, obviously your I, research. <laughs> I was trying to see if it was one or two words for game gear. I think it's two. It's two. It is. It's two. That's so funny. It's not on the list though. I mean, I don't know why. They sold 10 million units. Yeah, I mean, they even have like the Neo Geo on here and the what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Why, I don't really know why it's not on this list. Yeah, I probably have the list that you're looking at, and I'm just like, okay, sure. Geo, Geo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fourth gen, so I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. All right, so the final pick in this draft. This is tough, man, because I sort of want to go retro, but at the same time, I think Josh picked the best retro console. Like if we're considering retro to be essentially everything before like PlayStation and N64, which you could at this point you could call those retro, but I think Josh picked the best one. So I think I'm going to say I think I'm oh man. I think I'm going to say Nintendo DS just because PSP and Nintendo DS came out in the same year, but Nintendo DS won out in that regard by quite a bit. Although PSP sold well. It sold as well as the Xbox 360. That's why we got the PS Vita. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, 82 million units. Like, what the that fuck? Is... I, I, for some reason, I thought it underperformed, but that makes sense now that they came out with the Vita. Yeah, and then the Vita underperformed it under 16 million units, so that's why. But they're bringing back the... What did they? I don't even remember what they called it, but they're bringing that like handheld streaming service that connects to your PS5. They announced that in the showcase. I forget what it's called. I'll be getting that probably day one, but <laughs> but can't remember what it's called. I think it comes out in August or September. Anyway, I'm going with the DS because I think it kind of blew my mind seeing games like Super Mario 64 in a handheld format back in the day. Stuff like that, like having these 3D games, and I know PSP obviously did did a similar thing, but I think the legacy of the DS is far greater, especially consider when you consider the fact that DS became 3DS 
basically essentially became Switch. Like that's what that that sort of family tree came together and became the Switch. So I'm going with Nintendo DS for my my final pick here. Strong choice. Strong choice. All right. So here are the rosters. So for my picks, PS4, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, Xbox, and Nintendo DS. I think the PS4 is your strongest one in that I whole agree. list. That PS4 was such a big dick console. I agree. And I think looking back, picking Game Boy Advance second was dumb because I could have gotten that in the final round. I don't think either of you would have gone anywhere near that. I, I thought about it for like a second, and then I was like, nah, I'm just going to stick with the, <laughs> the SNES. Yeah, so I, I, I could have held on. Josh's picks, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, PS2, PS5, and SNES. And Mike's picks, Sega Genesis, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, Nintendo Wii, and Sega Game Gear. Sits in the theme. Yeah. It's called Synergy. So <laughs> if we put these all head to head to head, I actually think I have to say Josh. I think Josh has the best roster. I think we all have different judging criteria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Least amount of Sonic maybe, but best roster. <laughs> or can you even say those two things in the same sentence? Can't. <laughs> Mike's uh, Mike's commitment to the I would say it's a commitment to the bit, but it's dead Sonic, so the commitment to gaming. <laughs> it's a commitment to going fast. Exactly. <laughs> and eating chili dogs exclusively. So I don't know if we're going to come to a consensus here, but um, Josh is the winner. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I think we leave it to the viewers to decide yeah. who the winner is. We could put like a poll on Discord. Why not? You want to, when it releases, you want to throw out sure. a poll on Discord? Sure, we can do that. All right, so viewers, you can you can decide. And we won't even say, you know what? Here's what we can do. Before the episode comes out, we can put the poll on Discord and just like blindly say which of these three lists is the best list of consoles, the most impressive list of consoles. I think that'd be good. Can you do polls on Discord? I don't even, I don't even know. I think so. I'm sure you can. We have technology. Well, there will be yeah, you can there. just use emotes to decide. Oh, oh yeah. true. Okay, yep. very good. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We're going to move on to Review Bombed, which we haven't played since, I don't know, an episode in the 80s somewhere. In Review Bombed, I give the panelists a game title with a Metacritic score. They have to tell me whether the user score for the game is higher or lower than the critic score. Critic and user scores are based on the critically best scoring launch platform. We're going to play eight rounds. The panelists can make the same guesses, but whoever made the most correct guesses at the end wins. Let me ask you guys this, and this is not very relevant to like how the game is going to play out today, but how would you do this? So when I say, when I'm putting the games together and I say that they're based on the best scoring launch platform, it doesn't really happen much anymore, but on older consoles, there would be, like, say a game released on, like, July 8th on a PlayStation 2, and then it released July 12th on Xbox. Like, for some reason, they were a couple days apart. Technically, it's the same launch, but would you 
in that case, even if the later launch is the higher score, would you go with the initial launch day only strictly? Or would you just say, eh, it's the same launch, essentially, I'm going to go with whatever's the highest score? I'd just say it's same launch and whatever's the uh, highest score, you know, unless it was like a year gap or something. But if it was, you know, a couple days, yeah, why not? What would you do, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the way that I've done it is I've typically just said, you know what? If, if it came out before, that is the launch platform. I know it's technically launching on both platforms, but just for the sake of being consistent, I go with the first date. So I don't know. That's cool with me. That's, I'm, That's I'm not offended by it I, either way. All righty. We don't go back and fact check, please. That's all right. We just trust yeah, I could have. I maybe I've lied for 104 episodes. <laughs> I, I, maybe. No so be it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> First game, Rocket League. Which is higher, critics or users? Ooh, damn, that's tough. People were really high on this game at launch. I'm gonna go. Ooh, it's Rocket League players, and I know Rocket League players. How is that community? <laughs> it's not it's not Overwatch League of Legends Nice shot. Toxic. Nice shot. Nice I have shot. seen the nice shot meme. I have seen that. <laughs> but it's definitely got some toxicity in it with the what a save spam. Uh when you clearly don't get a save. <laughs> oh right, that's what I it is. That. The what a yeah, the what a save. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I you just fucking that. whiff. I'm gonna go with the people are high on this at launch. I'm going user score. Yeah, I'll go user score. All right. Rocket League critic score was 86. User score 7.7. 7. Damn. Bunch of people bad at Rocket League. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got a steep learning curve. <laughs> yeah, Next up, is. we have Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, God. For PS3. Nice. Which is higher, critic or user score? That was like the really like horrible, horrible one, right? What well, was the one that was in development hell for one. like a decade? Oh, okay. Uh, so we're going to go with uh, which one's higher, right? Or lower? Yeah, yeah which, which one's, one's higher? higher? Uh, critic score. It's got to be. User score. All right. By the way, who's keeping score for this? Mike? Sure. Thank you. All right. Critic score was 51. Mm-hmm. User score, 4.9. Damn. God damn. That game just got shit all over. Yeah. I mean, it was wasn't bad. good. Yeah, it was bad. All right. So next up, we have the Shadow of the Colossus remake. So the 2014 version for PS4, which is higher? Critics. Users. All right. Critic score, 91. User score, 7.8. My God. Everyone just hates games. Users are fickle bitches. <laughs> be like, we want this game. And then it comes out and they'll be like, I won no more. I don't want no, it no more. Put play it back with you anymore. Put it put it back in the package. I don't want it anymore. Put it back in the tube. Put that toothpaste back in the tube. All right, next game. <laughs> That'd be a fucking superpower. Next game is No Man's Sky on PS4. Uh, critic score. <laughs> critic score. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Critics 71. User score. There it is. (laughs) Both of these scores were worse on PC. I'm actually, I'm shocked that, especially for PC, the user score hasn't crept back up at this point. That's really weird to me. I'm guessing PC probably just got railed even harder than PS4 did. I mean, people 
fucking hated No Man's Sky at launch. Yeah, but it's like turned around completely and in, in with its public perception. So I'm very curious why the user score is still so low. But I don't know. Maybe it's older views. Average PC users, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, look, is it on Steam? Is, is No Man's Sky on Steam? Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at reviews now, it's like I think it's mostly positive. Maybe not overwhelmingly, but it's mostly positive. It's very positive. Oh, there you go. So, what is it? Steam DB. Let's look at the percentage. Seventy-seven percent. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Probably better than what I'm guessing was probably like somewhere in the thirties on Steam because they brigaded that shit. Yeah. All right, next up, we have Fallout 76 on PS4. Which is higher, critics or users? Critics. Critics? Guess. <laughs> All right. Fallout 76, critics, 53. Users, 2.8. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've been giving us some stinkers. <laughs> next up, we have Spore. Which is higher? It's critics, right? It's gotta be. This game was like the second coming of Christ, like biblical levels of hype, and then just shit the floor. It's gotta be critics. I'll say users. All right, critics score 84. User score 5.8. There it is. What the fuck were the critics playing that they thought Spore was an 84? I never even had the chance to play Spore. I only read about the controversy, so I have no clue. But that's a pretty big fucking separation. Yeah, that I think it, that has to be one of one of the biggest separations for a game that wasn't like completely review bombed. Like that is that's wide. <laughs> yeah, because that that even came out when it was like less of a thing to necessarily go hog wild with review brigading like it is now. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, we have, so we have two more games here. Mass Effect Andromeda on the Xbox One, which is higher. I would assume <laughs> critics. I mean, this game was horrible. Critics. All right. Critics give it a 76. Users give it a 5.3. God, 76 is nuts. <laughs> it's such a bad game. Yeah. That is the, remember, this is the highest scoring platform. So it may have been, I think it was maybe in the 60s or low 70s on other consoles. So it's an offensive (laughs) fucking video game. Yeah, not great. All right. So going to the last one, what's the score, Mike? Uh, Josh has won. Okay. (laughs) Josh has won. All right. Final game, Portal on PC, which is higher? Ooh, damn. Users. If it's not users, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm going critics. Critics, 90. Users, 9.2. There it is. The fervent fan base finally won out. That's a high user score. That is. Portal good. All right. And the tiebreaker, even though it's not a tie, I like using them anyway. Give me the closest guess to the Flappy Bird user score. 67. 7.2. Okay, so 6.7 or 7.2. The Flappy Bird user score is (laughs) 4.0. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) What are fucking grannies downloading this shit? I can't make the bird jump over the pipe. Yeah. 
like why <laughs> why it's one of like the first mainstream mobile games why are people just like this game sucks what do you it want actually it's pretty fun it just just for a game you click on the screen it's pretty fucking fun yeah that was one of the first like sort of viral mobile games just such a yeah. weird situation where the guy who developed it was like upset that people got obsessed with it so he delisted it just a very weird you guys know that right you know the story about that oh yeah mm-hmm. and people were buying like ridiculously priced iphones yeah his flappy bird was installed on it. i think i still have it on one of my old iphones well shit now you can just get it again because i guess somebody got the rights and they're just like all right here's flappy bird you fuckers oh did they really yeah it's out now yeah it's crazy the guy was making like tens of thousands of dollars or something like that a day just from because there were there were like weird advertisements on it it was very strange but yeah i mean very weird. All right. Well, congratulations, Josh. You win. Hooray. Hooray. All right. Let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. Josh, we're going to go to you first because I think all of us have something about Diablo 4, but you did play at least one other thing. So you can talk about that a little bit, and then maybe we'll go into to D4. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, I played uh, a hefty amount, and by hefty, I mean the demo of Final Fantasy 16. Uh, my goodness, what an experience that was! People were hyping it up to be very Game of Thrones like and to have pull no punches, be kind of brutal, uh, be a little bit, you know, be a little more well written than other Final Fantasy games. You know, let's be honest, they're a little tongue in cheek. You know, it's just what Final Fantasy does, but they took a different direction, and you can tell. I mean, the writing is serious as shit. The end sequence of the demo is one of the more brutal things I've watched in a game. Like, I mean, it was it was tough. The music, my God. If this doesn't win soundtrack of the year, I will riot. I don't even know what's coming out after this, and I don't give a shit. This <laughs> needs to win soundtrack of the year just from what I've heard. It it had me getting like low-key emotional on the couch, and I like I didn't really care all that much about the characters yet because we haven't, you know, we hadn't known them all that long. Uh, But even then, like the music, the crescendo, the epicness of it, it's like they took all those like obscene, crazy parts of Final Fantasy and and made them way more serious uh, instead of just being a little more, you know, tongue in cheek and a little more cheeky and comedy like. It's just it's been a blast. And I immediately pre-ordered after I finished it. I, I can't wait to keep playing it. The combat's a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I like Final Fantasy VII's combat. That's acceptable to me. But to me, this has been a really fun, engaging, cinematic action-style combat. Um, yeah. I'm playing it on the slightly more difficult uh, difficulty. And it's it's not undoable. It's really not too hard. Uh, they make it... They make it cinematic enough uh, to, to where you're not going to fail too frequently, and it's really satisfying. I'm interested to see how everything progresses. I'm interested to see where all the characters and story beats go, um, and I can't wait to play it. It's uh, it's going to be exciting. Remind me real quick, because I don't remember, what were the difficulty options? It was just two. Uh, it was the just story, basically, and then uh, the action combat way. Okay, I, I think I did the action combat one. Too. Yeah, it but then they also add like accessibility features with the like the bracelets, so you can like change yep. how combat. That's a really cool way of doing it. Yeah, and I I just equipped it just to see what it was like because I was you know why not? I'm, there's a few I may take off. Like there's one where it auto does your combos, 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that as much just because I, if it wasn't just action combat, I would let it do its thing. But since it's just action combat, I'd like to be the one doing the combos um, just because it's a little more engaging. But yeah, it's cool that you can just plug in a bracelet and it, there's like three accessible slots. So you can basically plug and play as much as you want. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, great. Glad I pre-ordered it. Excited to play it. Comes out tomorrow. The 20, We're recording on tw- 20th and it comes out 21st. Cannot fucking wait. I did play a little bit of Spider-Man, the remastered, the first one. I'm just getting used to it. The story beat so far, and Spider-Man is hard to beat, but combat's a little weird. Combat's taking a little bit of getting used to. I, I can't... If Maybe it's just because I wasn't hard. ready for it. It's hard. It's shockingly hard. <laughs> I'm getting my ass beat. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't sure if it's just me. I'm glad you're saying it's hard, because it is tough. Normally in video games, when the little spidey sense or the triangle button, what I call it, pops up, you press triangle and dodge, and yeah. it makes it generally easy. That You get like two or a half second to figure out when you need to dodge. Yeah, it's shockingly hard. Yeah, I, I but once I learn the combos, I'm excited to see how the fighting all works. I just think it's going to, it's probably going to take a little bit of a backseat to Final Fantasy 16 for a while, but I'm glad I have it. I, I want to play through it and really see what those games are about. Uh, but other than that, it was that, and of course, Diablo 4, which uh, you know I can go into now, or I can throw it to someone else, whatever you want me to do. Yeah, go right into it, because you've been playing a shit ton of Diablo 4. Whenever I open up my my Battle.net launcher, you are on Diablo 4. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can, you can start things off. That has been it. Uh, it's just been great to have a Blizzard game that feels a little more Blizzard quality. Uh, than, than maybe some of their other games they've released in recent years. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've, I'm level uh, 58 and a half, almost 59 nice. um, on my Rogue. I'm doing a Twisting Blades build, same as always. And with it being almost 59, I'm start. some of the cracks are starting to show a little bit in the end game for me. Oh, okay. um, I don't have as much patience as maybe uh, Mike does with pushing to end game, but there's certain things that are beginning to bother me in the progression system that just aren't that fun. Uh, namely, uh, Helltide is rough. I don't like Helltide. I, there's times where it's just not the worst if I'm just like watching a second video and you know just need to finish it up, get to it, yada yada. But I just generally, it's just not all that engaging to me. Is it too easy? It's pretty damn easy. Uh, and it's also just way too spread out. Like oh. it's it's built upon the idea of you killing things to get these hellfire or helltide tokens to spend on a box so you can buy gear. Ideally, you want to buy the mysterious chest so it gives you, you know, ideally gives you more shit. But that's a hundred and seventy five of the tokens. So you've got to round up all these things, kill all these enemies, and instead of them being compact and tight together, they're spread the fuck out, and it, you've just got to do what you got to do to round them up and find them. Some I've noticed have been better than others. But others were just tough. Like, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I had one that landed in a good spot in the dry steps, and it actually wasn't bad. But then I had one in Skos Glen, which was just awful, and it took ages to find anything. So I think it's just give or take, honestly. And, and it could be dependent upon how many people are doing it that are on, like, your little server or whatever. So Helltide, in addition, the, the next thing that I really am not enjoying all that much, progression-wise, are Nightmare Dungeons. Mm. Which is a shame, because... I think the problem is there's just too much fucking running and waffling about in Nightmare Dungeons. I I think it needs to be a little more concise, maybe a little more mob density. So 
the majority of the dungeons have a certain route they want you to go. You know, they I think they have like four or five different dungeon layouts that they basically retrofit uh, to, you know, whatever the aesthetic is of the zone that you're in. And then they just take that idea and go, whether it's, okay. you know, killing five blood boils, whether it's killing a couple of things, you know, everything and getting their anima cores and depositing it to go into the next room. Or it's gathering one pedestal, putting it on another pedestal, and then doing that two times. That seems to be the general idea. I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but that's roughly how it goes. And it's just that kind of done over and over. And the the affixes you can get on your nightmare dungeon keys, which are basically what you click on to unlock, you know, a certain nightmare dungeon. And then it'll give you certain like affixes that you can go by. I can't remember what they're off they are off the rip, just because they haven't really, you know, I haven't paid enough attention to them because they haven't bothered me so much. Uh, but they they seem mostly passive or just like a fuck you button where if you don't deal with it, you're just dead, kind of like Explosive right. is in Mythic Plus and WoW. And sometimes it's fun. Like The, the, the few I like are, are, funnily enough, the Blood Boil ones. Every now and again, you'll kill an enemy and it'll drop a Blood Boil, and if you don't kill it, it'll drop half your health. That's oh. a little engaging, and I don't completely hate that. Uh, but then there's others where it's just like extra freezing damage, and if you just get hit by something, like, you get fucked. Uh, you know, you're just you're in trouble. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, I get it. You know, I, I think the the highest I've done is just a tier thirteen. I probably I was I was starting to feel some of the the lasting impacts of needing to be more geared at that thirteen tier of a nightmare dungeon key, and it, it was satisfying. It was fun, <sighs> but I just didn't feel all that much of a great gratification towards it because I just didn't get any good gear at the end of it. There was yeah. no great reward at the end. I feel like the reward has been kind of lacking in Nightmare Dungeons. Like, you're guaranteed one Legendary, which is great. The problem is, the Legendaries have just not been great for, for what I have. It could be that I just got lucky with my build, but I, I just, I haven't really had great drops from Nightmare Dungeons. But those are those are really the two major gripes I have, is just Helltides and Nightmare Dungeons. They just haven't hit, hit, hit as well with me. Uh, as far as what I'm still enjoying, um, I did create a new character and just wanted to look and see what like the intro zone was like when you skip the story. Yeah. And I love that it just dumps you in Kilvashad. You can just start grabbing quests and going. That is fan-fucking-tastic. Huge upgrade. God bless, because that was one of the worst parts about Diablo 3 was having to run through the goddamn story a thousand times. Yeah. It was exhausting. But, I mean, as far as current content goes, I actually really like the Tree of Whispers uh, public events. Those are a lot of fun. I I... I I think the rewards are, again, a little lackluster, but they're also easy gimme content to do. It's not hard to complete them. You can pretty much do side quests in tandem with those the majority of the time because of how well they sync up. Uh, you can do certain... You know, there's many a times I've paired up doing a Tree of the Whispers quest with, uh, you know, a dungeon I haven't completed yet to get some renown for a certain zone. I do like that, how, how those two play in with one another and how there can be that additional reward. Uh, kind of tied in and, and it kind of acts as a fun little loop and i love that you can do the tree whisper stuff on your your alts too, your other characters mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that 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 is good stuff i think they they were they really went well with the alt friendliness i as i've played i can tell diablo 4 is catering a little more to a more casual audience i think um you know which is which i think is a gimme but i'm also seeing at least for me, it's getting a little exhausting in, in the end game, and I think that's honestly just natural. I don't. I don't think it's. 
necessarily a horrible criticism of the game that it's been out since June 6th. I've basically been playing it religiously since it hit. Yeah. And I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to make a new character. And we're basically 20 days in from when I first started playing it. But that's that's effectively it uh, with where I'm at with it. I'm going to keep playing it. I'll probably play a little bit tonight and play play some more over the weekend. Uh, it's uh, it's still a blast. And, I, you know, no complaints to keep me away from it yet, at least. I'm still having a good time and can't wait to see kind of what seasonal content is going to be. It seems like they're on the right track with it, at least. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good sign that we're three weeks in and you've probably put in like a hundred hours, I would guess, somewhere around there probably. I mean, you've you've played a lot of Diablo. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot. I think it's good that there's that much content in the game even prior to getting seasons. I'll speak a little bit now because you one of the last things you touched on was how you skip the story and you go right to Kyovashad and I did that. Uh, this week I played my sorcerer. I made a sorcerer. I wanted to try that out. I skipped the story. Yeah, you, you start in Kyobashad at the waypoint at level one. You can just start doing side quests or you can just go do dungeons. You When you make a new character and you skip the story, you automatically get all the waypoints to every major town plus the one to Tree of Whispers. So if you want to do the Tree of Whispers sort of Know, what you, what, world quests essentially is what they are. You can do those on your new character that's whatever level and scales to any Tree of Whispers quest that you do in Fractured Peaks initially and then Skaz Glen opens up pretty quickly. So you can you can do those and you can get level appropriate gear through Tree of, Tree of Whispers, which is really cool. So did some of that, did some random dungeons. And I I gotta say, uh, you just fucking melt shit with chain lightning. It's actually really cool. Uh, I, I decided to use a leveling build from Max Roll, and I really just destroy everything in one or two hits. I'm killing stuff off screen. Like, I'll use chain lightning, and it'll go kill stuff off screen, and then I'll walk over, and I'll be like, oh, there must have been an enemy here because there's loot just randomly here. Like, <laughs> even with elites... And bosses at the end of quests, if I if I just like pop uh, Frost Nova, which makes them vulnerable, and then I pop my buff cooldown, I forget what it's called. It's like four hits of Chain Lightning, and the fucking elite boss at the end of the quest is down. It's insane. I'm playing on, and this is World Tier 2, but like I can't express enough how much easier it is than Barbarian. At least, like, I'm level 25, so at least for those first 25 levels, it's just so much easier. Those same boss fights on the Barbarian were just, were full-on fucking ordeals. Like, it would take, they'd be long boss fights. It would take a little while. But with the the Sorcerer, they're just, they just melt right before my eyes. It's, it's kind of crazy. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know, maybe Mike can speak to what Sorcerer looks like a little bit later at Endgame, but... Real quick, before we get into to your thoughts on Diablo from this week, Mike, how do you guys overall, because I haven't, on my Barbarian, I've finished the story, but I haven't even hit 50 yet. I'm like 45 or 46, so I haven't gotten to this point yet, but how do you guys feel about the Paragon system so far? We'll go to you first, Josh, and then Mike, we can go to you and have you roll into things. I have not fucked with it enough to really get a huge grasp on it. I prefer it and think it's more interesting than Diablo 3's just from a higher level standpoint. 
but I don't want to say one way or the other if I love or hate it too much yet because I haven't even got the second board uh, yet. So I, I, you know, I can't really say how well it flows quite yet, uh, but I have gotten quite a bit of damage from it. Uh, notable wow. damage increases, which is satisfying. How many boards are there total? Each class has eight. Eight boards. Okay. So, Mike, let's let's roll right into things with you first. One, mm-hmm. just pertaining to my question, how do you feel about the Paragon system? And then just feel free to talk about whatever. Uh, I really like it. Um, I'm having fun with it. It is all I'm really focused on at this point. I'm level 75. I don't care about anything else at the moment because like talk about what josh is talking about with the end game hell tides suck they're terrible they're the worst part of the end game that being said i don't think i've set foot in a hell tide in a week because hell tides suck but they also only have like one thing that you ever need from them and well two things they have fiend roses in them and they have forgotten souls and those are the only things that you need from them. Everything else is just kind of useless. The chests don't give anything good. Um, the chest of mysteries, which is a hidden chest, is the only one worthwhile opening. Um, and it's only worthwhile opening because it'll give you like 10 to 15 forgotten souls. Uh, as for loot, who, who gives a shit? And honestly, like when I do do a Helltide, it's go in, find the mystery chest get the cinders turn it in i would suggest if you do hell tides do them with a group run around zerg enemies find a spot that has at least one event because the events will just respawn and just keep redoing that event until you have enough cinders and then go open the box and then fucking leave because it is so pointless to be there that said uh it is the weakest part of the entire end game in terms of gearing your guy, Nightmare Dungeons are probably your best bet. I found... Okay, so you're like... So, Josh, you're you're still in Tier 3, so you're still working with sacred items. Yeah, I'm not an Ancestral yet. So there's, there will come a point where the Tree of Whispers becomes uh, more useless than Helltide, which is sad. And that's going to be like Tier 4. I don't do tree of whispers unless it is convenient to me and that i am just accidentally doing them um it's nice to get a little boost of xp like a uh, hundred or so thousand experience is nice but i only do it incidentally i don't go seek it out because the boxes that you get have nothing in it like they have maybe some rares but they're usually sacred at tier four which i don't understand why so much sacred shit drops at tier four i don't want it (laughs) ancestral is a whole hundred item power levels higher why would i ever want anything sacred right at least in terms of getting ancestral gear you're gonna want to do nightmare dungeons but like again i'm 75 i have one piece of bis and that's it everything else is just like really good and by really good i mean is 800 item power or a little bit higher because i think it maxes out at like 820 could be wrong but i think it does so for me i think the end game is fine a little monotonous a little 
it's not it's not super exciting i think right now because there's only so many things that you can go for like there's only so many uniques in the games there's no sets like i'm not really building towards anything i'm just building to get paragon points so for me like right now the end game is kind of in this like lazy kind of area where like i'm getting a big power spikes from doing my paragon boards but also i'm just trashing all of the items i get well i'm selling them because money is hard to come by but like that that's really it like i spend maybe 20 seconds looking at items with a full inventory and usually it's just marking all of them as junk and then going in and selling them right so for me, the end game right now, and I think this will happen probably around like level 60, 70 ish, is that your end game is going to naturally evolve to from you trying to farm items or get good gear and going to I want to do harder nightmare dungeons so that I can level my glyphs for my paragon board more efficiently because at the end. So basically glyphs are like legendary gems from Diablo 3 just implemented way better. Um, and that's the only reason why I run Nightmare Dungeons. It's to level those up to 15 so that I can get the uh, bonus area to them. And every time I get 1 to 15, it's a huge power spike. So it's like, that's that's my own. <laughs> like Paragon boards have become the game for me, which I'm fine with. Uh, I find them interesting. That being said... I am a sorceress, sorcerer, source, source, magic person. <laughs> My Paragon boards are, as I understand it, much better <laughs> than rogues. <laughs> so oh. your experience might differ. I don't know. All I know is that like I play, I'm 75. Actually, I might be 77. I don't know. I'm I'm mid to high 70s. My friend is mid to low 70s. He plays a rogue. And we were talking about our Paragon builds. And I was like, yeah, so I have to go get this legendary node, blah, blah, blah. Talking about this path that I have to weave in order to snag the legendary node and then get to an exit off the board. And he's just like, he's like, how many boards are you running? I'm like, I my build runs four. And honestly, that's all sorceress can really run is four. Because there are eight in total. Two of them are fire, two of them are ice, and two of them are electric. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, I am a fire sorceress. I can't use right. half of the boards. Um, and then two of them are just like catch-all. Meanwhile, I talked to him, and he's just like, I'm running like seven boards in my build. Jesus. I don't God. grab any of the legendary nodes. Because <laughs> all of his legendary nodes are kind of just like not impactful they're statistics like they they are statistics it's it's not satisfying at all he told me one of them and i was just like bro that's that's one of my rare nodes (laughs) like one of his gave like a 20 percent increase in damage for six seconds i'm like one of my rare nodes is 20 percent fire damage which is just 20 percent damage like why Yep, yep. <laughs> one of mine is literally just cut th- cutthroat damage which is my twisting blades ability and that's it yeah and it's like what i gotta use so it's yeah <laughs> what the meanwhile fuck? one of my legendary notes right now is giving me it's still broken i will blizzard doesn't listen to this but if they did it's still broken <laughs> fix they it they should listen 
there's a there's a forum post that gets updated with more people saying that it's broken it's not broken it's broken it's not broken i'm like it's broken right now i'm getting like a hundred in 60 percent burning damage from my legendary node but it's stupid the way that works the way that works is broken it, it is what it is whatever there's a lot of broken shit in the game that just like the more you play the more you notice um like the fact that like i'll have a focus drop and i'll say blood orb but then when i look at my inventory it's a book i'm just like that's weird (laughs) but okay um sorceress is good sorceress is in need of buffs in endgame and honestly like fire sorceress needs just like nodes to work like if if the legendary node that i'm talking about for burning damage worked the way that it is written and the way that it probably should work because it's scaling my burning off of crit damage. Um, however, all of my skills can't crit. So me building any crit damage is actually like really stupid and a waste of a skill slot or a, a stat slot on my, on my equipment, but whatever. So the way that it, it works, it doesn't take into account like your innate crit damage. So everyone has 50% crit damage. It doesn't take that into account. So if you don't put any crit damage on your gear, you, you get 0% burning damage from this node. I'm just oh. like, that's dumb. Yeah. That's real dumb. So would like that updated. But anyways, uh, Endgame is fine. I actually haven't played Diablo today. Usually I do. <laughs> and it isn't because I've been busy. I just haven't played it. I will say that... like I. I need pieces that I can go for. I need, I need gear that I can that I can grind for. And yeah. right now I feel like the game doesn't have it. The game has Harlequin Crest, which is the Shaco from Diablo 2, which is the best best helm in the game bar none. They've reported like one or two have dropped in the world. Jesus. I'm like I'm not going to grind for uh, <laughs> like a zero point hundred zeros one percent chance like it's not i'm not doing that um so i want something attainable i want a goal i feel like there's no goal right now and i think that's what seasons will get to which is why i'm not yeah. too worried about the game yeah i it's not that i'm bored of it it's just like i don't know what i'm building to other than build to 100 and then go into low level pvp and uh grief people like that yeah. that's the only thing that I can think of that I would want to do and I'm not going to do that. So but yeah, I I'm excited for what they announce for season 1. I'm excited for what they announce for pre-season 1 in terms of the patch that they're working on. So, I think Diablo 4 will be great. I think it's just not there yet. But it, it's fun and I agree with Josh. I made a new character. The uh starting off a new character after skipping the campaign is beautiful love it oh yeah and it's only going to get better once they implement the changes that they mentioned in their campfire chat because like i went from level one to level 10 in like five minutes i was yeah, like this is great. so quick i love this always do this <laughs> yeah it's really good and, and as far as season one we're like we're within a month at this point because yeah. they said mid-july right so not too far off. All right, very good. Well, I don't know how much Diablo I'm going to be playing this week, to be honest. Once Final Fantasy drops, I think 
it's going to be all Final Fantasy. So that will dominate a lot of my conversation in the water cooler next week. But I'm down to hear more about Diablo if anyone else is continuing to play. Yeah, I, I will say to a Final Fantasy 16, Kayla, if I am not playing it, she's going to make me. Like yeah. We were both <laughs> glued to that shit. Yeah. Like, and she was just watching and she was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's just, I've been, I played, like I said, some of this sorcerer over the weekend, but it, it, it's a similar situation for me to when, b- before Diablo 4 dropped, where I was like, I don't feel like playing anything because I'm just waiting for Final Fantasy. And I will say, I bought Disco Elysium. It was on sale for $10. So I bought it. I will will play it at some point, but I don't think now is the time to get into that with Final Fantasy coming out. So maybe in the future. All right, so let's move on to quick time questions. In quick time questions, I ask our panelists a series of sometimes silly opinion-based questions. They have to give me the first answer that pops into their head as quickly as possible. We're going to cycle through the panelists with different questions, but sometimes I may tell the next panelist same question, so they got to be ready. If you don't answer quickly enough, we're going to pass the question off to the next panelist automatically. There are no winners in this game, only losers. All right, Mike. Out there. (laughs) Mike, round one. What do Pac-Man's pellets taste like? Come. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Josh, what video game character doesn't make their bed in the morning? Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, he absolutely does not. (laughs) Speaking of which, Mike, what would you title Sonic's autobiography or memoir? <laughs> um I went fast. Oh, okay. See, I was gonna that mine was gonna be gotta go fast, a Sonic the Hedgehog story. Mine was gonna be gotta go fast. How wow. I ran myself to an early grade. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad we were all on the same page. Josh, if roller coaster tycoon used a knockoff Mickey Mouse mascot in their games, what would it be named? Uh, <laughs> Rocky the Rat. <laughs> Rocky the Rat. Mike, what development studio would make for the most interesting reality TV series? Blanking on the name. No. <laughs> Quantic Dream. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Same question, Josh. Can I get it one more time? What development studio would make for the most interesting reality TV series? <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard of the uh, early 2010s. Oh, God. Josh, if video game characters had social media, which one would be the first to get canceled on Twitter? <laughs> Sonic for racism. <laughs> it's nothing personal, kid. <laughs> Mike. What actor looks most like a Pokemon? This is such a good question. <laughs> John Oliver. <laughs> no, <laughs> God damn it. I can't escape it. <laughs> Fuck. It kind of fits, too. Josh, <laughs> what's your favorite multiplayer mode in Call of Duty? Oh, boy. Uh, we're keeping a, a hard point. Ooh. Same question, Mike. 
What was the question? What's your favorite <laughs> multiplayer mode in Call of Duty? Uh, exit game. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's single player. Mike, what's your, what are your favorite and least favorite Tetris blocks? Hmm. Favorite would probably be, you know, I really like the squigglies. Oh, I really? really? Like them. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. And my least favorite is the T block because I've never knew I, I never learned how to do like a T turn. Oh, fuck the T block. Josh, who would develop a VeggieTales RPG? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, oh, my God. A VeggieTales RPG. Uh, <laughs> CD Projekt Red. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And a bonus question for both. Mike, you can go first then, Josh. Which video game character would use Highway to Hell as their walk-up song? Big the Cat. Big the Cat. Josh? Toe Miter from a Cars video game. (laughs) Perfect. Cars 3, driven to win. Shout out. All right, let's move on to a special shout-out, speaking of which. Each panelist is going to give a special shout-out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. Mike, your special shout-out, please. Sonic for being him. Wow. Wow. (laughs) What a shout-out. Mike created (laughs) his own theme for this episode. (laughs) Josh, your special shout-out. So. I got a buddy of mine that plays Diablo. I've seen him on a lot recently. He goes by Nave, and that's what I'll keep him as, is to not dox his ass. <laughs> but dear God, his poor character, he plays a sorcerer, and that poor bastard is the ugliest son of a bitch I've ever seen in a video <laughs> game. He just is hideous. Get him some fucking milk. Get him some calories. Bulk, bulk him up a little bit. He looks horrible. He just needs some help. So that shout out to Nave. <laughs> It is funny that you see everyone's character portraits in your in your socials menu. What does he look like? He looks emaciated. He looks like he hasn't <laughs> eaten in weeks. I will post a screenshot of him. I may have already, actually. Please do. I'm looking forward to that. A special shout out to Square Enix for backing off their stance of not having a day one patch for Final Fantasy 16 when the demo clearly showed that some fixes were needed for the launch, so... I'm glad that they decided to do that. And I believe it was part of preload. So by the time this podcast comes out, the game is out. But preload has started at this point. I preloaded the game today. And I think that patch was part of that. So it won't have to come on launch day, which is nice. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Grooves podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Grooves. If you really like the show... Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgroofs. We have two tiers, but all support is greatly appreciated. And it's going to go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Grooves. The $3 tier, that gets you access to this show two days early. So you're getting it Friday instead of Sunday. But a special shout out to our honorary groups who support us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, Cole T. Derek versus the world, James B, James S, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. 
We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps. Do Make it. sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content where you'll find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups, Wow City Tier List coming soon, other stuff on there. Go check it out. On the website, though, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord where you can hang out with everyone. You'll get the quickest group updates and you can chat with everyone on a daily basis. And we might even get a screenshot of Josh's emaciated sorcerer friend. Necromancer <laughs> or sorcerer? He's a sorcerer, which is... Sorcerer. He looked like a necromancer, but he's just <laughs> an emaciated sorcerer. Before we get out of here, guys, any final thoughts? If you shit on the floor, be sure to clean it up. My parents' dog actually shat on our floor when they were here on Father's Day. And then he killed it. Yeah, that'll do it for <laughs> us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone.